This is Sports View, WMUL's premier sports talk show featuring guests from Thundering Herd Athletics. Sports View is presented by the award-winning FM 88 sports team. Now, here's tonight's host of Sports View. Welcome into Sports View. I'm Christian Palmer, joined alongside Justin Zimmer. We are the host for Sports View tonight. We are welcome to have a few members of Marshall's volleyball team. We have head coach Ari Agnes here and Sierra DeBell. Ladies, how are you doing this evening? Pretty good. Very good. Thank you for having us. Really glad to have both of you on the air. And we'll just go ahead and get right into our first question here. How does how great does it feel to have things somewhat back to normal this year after going through so many headaches last year, all the, the game cancellations, now you're back to a, a normal season, back in normal classes in school. How great does it feel to have a sense of normalcy back? You know, I think that um, it feels great. It, it, it's, it's really awesome, and I think that maybe we'll never know what full normal means. Um, but I do love it for all of our athletes and, and especially somebody like Sierra that last year was supposed to be her last year. And and then you get that extra, you know, COVID year. Um, so it's it's really awesome. And I, I we took that approach last year where in the spring it was just whatever we can get, we're going to take it and run with it and work really, really hard. And and we were fortunate enough that we never got any matches canceled and we never lost any players for any matches. So they stuck the course and, and did the right thing. And, you know, we're lucky this year that that hasn't happened yet. So um, I think it feels awesome. It's it's cool. It's it's different. Um, but just to be with them, that's that's really the joy of the journey, I think. And of course, it did not feel like too many good things came out of COVID, but you just mentioned there the COVID year. It has allowed many girls to be able to return to this team. Uh, specifically to you, Sierra, does it feel like the extra year of el- getting the extra year of eligibility back helps lessen the pain of what you lost out on? Um, I don't think that we really lost out on anything last spring. Um, I think that last spring was a really big growing, lo- uh, growing moment for us. Um, and we took full advantage of it. Um, we actually had a really, really good spring last year, and it was really fun, even though we got COVID tested three times a week and um, we had all of these protocols, but um, we still faced all of those things and we set the standard for what we're supposed to be doing this this fall. Um, so I think that we just got, we got better from last spring and it's just coming into this fall. That is just, you know, good. <laughs> And I would like to hear each of your takes on this. Talk about the chemistry that this team has. These girls have been together for such a long time now, being able to gel together. What is the chemistry like on this current roster? From an outside perspective, because I'm I'm there every day, but not there in in kind of the trenches with them. Um, they're really special, and I and I think every coach says that every year that you've got the special group. Um, but they're so respectful of one another. They're so we we preach a lot that that family doesn't mean that that you have to all be best friends. It means that you have to respect each other and and let yourselves be individuals. And we pride ourselves with that. So I think that they have taken that and run with that fully. But then at the end of the day, we'll spend time with each other. So. So 
from the outside and our unity has gotten stronger through this season it, it always needs work you always need to work at the piece of of 19 individuals and athletes at that coming together and having a like mindset on top of then all coming from different backgrounds and trying to make sure that there's there's a common goal but then there's also a a level of understanding and a level of respect so i think that it's really good i think it was hard i think you went from the spring and that was kind of just every week you didn't know what was going to happen every day you didn't know and and now there's a little bit more stability which i think we've just got to work a little bit harder but but they're really really awesome human beings to be around and Sierra talked about the chemistry, at least on your end, as opposed to Coach talked about she, you know, she's outside. She's with practice, but she's not in the trenches. Talk about the chemistry mm -hmm. with, for you, at least you're like in the trenches with your teammates yeah. every 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 game. No, we, we love each other. We're always on the same page with each other. Um, we don't do um, all that drama that a lot of teams have. Um, we really do act like a family. We can all hang out with each other individually. And, like, it's not it's not a forced thing with us, so... Um, and that was something that Ari has always been big on since she got here, um, is to have a really strong foundation for um, us as a team outside of volleyball. Like, it's not all just about volleyball. We have to act like we actually, you know, respect and love each other, and, and we do. So, and then it all just falls out on the court, so. And coach, what sort of practices do you put in place in order to bring these 19 individuals together to be one you know um preseason is really helpful because you're together so much so that kind of does it itself but then we every year we come to my house to watch we are marshall um and then every year during our green and white scrimmage we go to um, the memorial site and we just constantly try to kind of be together. We use Rob from Baptist Campus Ministries a lot and he does a ton of team bonding work with us. Um, and then we will do stuff like come over and carve pumpkins, just little silly things where you just need to be a human being. Um, I think that they put enough pressure on themselves to be really great athletes and they are. Um, but I think in order to play your best and be, be at the top level, you have to be free. And the only way you're free is if you trust people and if you're vulnerable. Um, we talk really candidly and openly about everything. We've got hard messages, soft messages, but, but we work at it. Um, and we've, we've definitely put a lot more work into it this year and will continue to do that. Um, because it's really tough. Just, just the way that our record is when, when you define yourself by wins and losses and and then you start to feel these kind of insecurities of we're not good enough and it's just not the case at all you know so I think that we've got to remember how good we are and the only way you do that is if you kind of bond over stuff with each other uh, 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 coach uh, uh, you bring up the record I want to get to that the team has struggled this season five and twelve overall you come off a ten and five season in the spring you two are both leaders on this team how do you guys try to right the ship a little bit into conference play because your remaining eight matches are all conference play. This is when it really counts. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the record doesn't doesn't scare me, intimidate me, or um, embarrass me. We, we've played a ridiculously tough schedule, and that is to get us ready for conference. Um, so right now we're, we're exactly on track where we need to be and, and for what we need to do. But um, the only way that, that, it's, that we have failed, if you will, is if we start to lose the buy-in from the team because all that matters is how we finish. So um, we put together a very hard schedule because our goal is to win the conference. So in order to do that, you have to get past two teams that are either receiving votes or in the top 20 in our conference and in order to get prepared for that you have to play the best in the country and you have to play teams that are used to winning their conferences we're not used to winning our conference and and so we push and if that means we take you know a, a losses here and there then that's what we do because our goal is to make the conference tournament and make it past there and then make the push yeah um 
just going off of that, I think that this, like the last few weekends, we've struggled. Um, we've had a lot of pressure and we're just trying to overlook all of that. And um, we have this term that we use and we call it embrace the suck. <laughs> um, so that's what we're just trying to do. We're trying to just have fun, even if um, whatever it looks like, um, because if we're having fun, then it doesn't really matter what um, like what it what the turnout is. So that's important in our gym. And I've got to ask, how did the embrace the suck <laughs> philosophy come about? You know, it was really it was really a mind blowing conversation. Um, we did not. We had a four match series at Southeast Missouri, and we did not do well on day one. And then we had two more, and we just came in the locker room, and I was like, if we're gonna do this, let's just have fun doing it. Like, if we are not gonna win, and and we're you know not, it's it's not because we're not good enough. It's just because there's a lot of things going on that we can't control. Um, and and that kind of get to us but it's just like take the pressure off like who cares how well we did in the spring who cares how well we did last fall or whatever it's it's a new moment each day so it was it was really just like i'm here with you right so they're it's not their losses it's our losses it's all of us in this together so let's at least have fun if we're gonna go out let's just go out having a great time um enjoying each other because in my head my theory is that when you have fun you win and when you win you have fun so if i can get them to embrace that because you have a good spring and then you return everybody and we were so accoladed in the spring they put pressure on themselves that that we are not that that it's just that's natural that's human nature as an elite athlete and then you come into the spring and it starts not to go your way or in the fall and it's not going your way and then not going your way and then you start to feel like a failure and then everything trickles down so yeah we've we have struggled but i think we're just now kind of getting on track of the mental piece of it which then will push forward the physical piece because when you watch them it's not physical it's not physical it's it's that sometimes we just have athlete moments you know they're still student athletes they still have all of this life going on and as as much as covid is gone it is still here and it is still affecting our day-to-day and what they can do and what they can't do and it's just a lot so the embrace the suck is everything that we're doing we're just going to do it with a smile on our face because we can't control it all that we can control is our attitude and our effort um and we talked about having a good attitude being grateful and having energy and it's an age right so attitude gratitude and and energy and and that's just another thing that we're trying to just implement so for you specifically coach agnes you have never had a losing season in your short career so far at marshall does anything change coaching a team that's winning opposed to a team that's losing how do you deal with those differences trying to deal with when the players are uncertain if things are going well having them stick to the plan what are the philosophy changes there um, for me, there there are none. Um, we coach each kid, each athlete, the way that they need to be coached. Sierra is coached very differently than Sydney and Sarah Shank. And um, if, if I were to change when we're winning and losing, I think that I would lose sight of what's important. And what's important is growing them as student athletes and, and making sure that they're, they're healthy and happy. And we're giving our best effort. Um, but I think if you change who you are and what you're doing based on a result, you're you're not centered. Um, and, and so... I, I try not to. I, you know, I think if we're if we're losing, it's it's my fault, right? So we've got to then figure something out. So we don't change. We we try to encourage them. We have high expectations, um, but we had all of those since I've been here. So having a losing season to me is it's it's not a losing season because I get to be with them every single day and I get to go to battle with them. And this is what makes athletics so great is we are determined to be the Cinderella story. We are determined to turn things around and be the story where it's like, wow, they started off so bad, right? And, and end it all with a ring on our finger. 
Joined by Ariagonus and Sierra DeBelt. And Sierra, talk about the buy-in that you guys have as coach mentor, that you each coach differently. So how easy is it that how easy is it then to buy into the culture that you're all being coached to your needs and what you guys need, what, what, what the team needs is collectively? Yeah. Um, honestly, our coaching staff, they do everything for us, and it's so easy to play for them. Um, so I think when you have people that you enjoy being around and you have people that don't, like make you not want to be somewhere or you know things like that because I've been I've transferred and I know that we have multiple transfers and um, they've we've all been at schools that we don't enjoy being at because of our coaching staff or because the people around us we don't mesh well or anything like that but it's so different with our coaching staff and with our family because we all care about each other in so many ways and um, that's just really easy to be a part of and when you're taken care of and supported like that it's it's a no-brainer so and coach i want to talk about the coaching staff you guys have had a lot of turnover throughout your time here this i found interesting you brought the first player you recruited johnny <laughs> jones on your coaching staff this year how did that process come about to bring her on yeah so we've had a lot of turnover but really great turnover you know we have taylor that has been a part of martial athletics and volleyball for a long time and is taking her ice cream shop full time so that's an amazing journey um we've got um tyler that just got the head coaching job at uc over in charleston so they're not bad things you know it's it's they get to be a part of this and and have a, a small moment in time but bjna um i she was my first commit she i was at wofford as an assistant and found her in at her club and just fell in love with how she played and her attitude and and her grit and and got her to commit and ended up leaving i never got to coach her um but i moved on to clemson university and but then we've just stayed in touch um we've stayed in contact and she got into coaching and we were just having a Really candid conversation one day and she and ended up just organically happening like I, I needed something but I know what the girls needed and I needed needed loyalty and I needed um, they they deserve a little bit of stability right they deserve somebody and, and a, a full staff that will be here for a little bit so um, she's just getting started and and with me I trust her and she I know how hardworking she is and it was just an absolute absolute no-brainer um, she worked for her old assistant coach who's a really good friend of mine so there was a trust there about how how well she does what she does and and she's just been awesome to have. And talk about this, I was, I was noticing this Friday night. Like sometimes, like, you'll have your coaches, your assistant coaches leave the huddle. We talked to Cindy Lassima. Mm -hmm. How important is that? Like, you're having, like, Charlie French, they're in the huddle, something you'll talk with Lassima. So, like, how important is that trust that you guys can, you can easily delegate to them to lead the huddle while you can talk to an individual player? Yeah, I, you know, how I've approached this being a head coach thing is that delegating is the most important thing. Um, I, I'm not an ego-driven person. I'm not a control freak, and I trust them, and we're always all on the same page. So um, it's really important for me and Sydney to be on the same page. And so she and I now kind of sit down, chat, make sure everything's calm, make sure she knows what we want to run, um, and kind of talk through all of the hitters and, and calms that piece of it down because she's our quarterback right so so she's somebody that I've got to have a really good relationship and connection with and to kind of control that piece of the match but but Charlie has been with us um, now for almost a year um, and she's she's phenomenal works works so hard in the gym knows who we're playing frontwards and backwards and they just communicate really well sometimes they need to not hear my voice right like I think that sometimes the kids they respect both of our coaches so if they can do it and I don't have to they make my job easy um, but that's that's part of leadership is is giving responsibility and delegating because I know that what they're saying is exactly what I would say 
And following up on the subject of coaching, Coach Agnes, you worked several different roles before you came to Marshall. You were the recruiting director at Clemson, excuse me, recruiting coordinator at Clemson. You had worked as a defensive specialist, film specialist, travel coordinator. (laughs) You've done so many different things throughout your career. How much did that prepare you into what all goes into being a head coach? Yeah, you know, I think that I was really fortunate to work for some really awesome people. And you pick up some things of what you really want to do and then some things that you really probably don't want to take with you. Um, And I never had dreams of being a head coach. I didn't wake up and and that wasn't on my list. Um, But then when Marshall came open and I had known Taylor Strickland previously and she had always just talked about it in such a high regard. And I was like, all right, let's see what this is about. And then it all just kind of comes naturally. I'm I'm really confident with what I do. I I believe I'm doing it for the right reasons. I believe that I'm doing it with integrity and passion. And so I don't think you can ever be wrong. Um, So I think that the all the places I've been have kind of molded me into to what what we are right now. And following up on that, when you you said you never intended on being a coach what was what led you into doing it and what was your biggest surprise once you finally became a coach um you know i i just i thought i was a really good assistant and so i thought like let's just be that let's just be the best assistant the best recruiting coordinator in in the country and and go and and just be awesome at that role um but then coming here and and seeing Marshall and and I just knew that I wanted my own thing. I wanted to build a program and and get something going um, just because of how special this place is. Um, the most surprising thing, I don't know, nothing yet. But I think as an assistant, all of your head coaches tell you just how it's kind of like stuff's just thrown on your desk every day. Um, but I think the surprising part is probably back to the point of the assistants is just how much I trust them and how much I just let them do so much because that's my job as well is to prepare them to one day be head coaches. So I think that's probably the most surprising. And, and you won a Division Two national championship as a player at North Alabama. How has that helped you, like, mold this team mold this program it's like you have the championship experience and i'll get to see it on this as well but because like you, you guys are trying to build a championship winning program i'll start with coach and then i'll give you you want you've won it all yeah. at the division two level how do you try to mold those lessons into what you're trying to build here um you you can relate so i think that you you can understand and, and fight with them um i don't talk about my success as a player because i think that that's not their story. That's not their journey. That was mine from, you know, decades ago. Um, so I just use it in the sense that I remember what it was like to be a student athlete. And I remember the hardships and everything we went through. So I try to be really cognizant of those things. As far as the championship mindset, I, I understand patience. I understand that it didn't happen for us overnight. I understand we had really bad losses. We, we had seasons that started horribly. We had, you know, things that went wrong if you weren't inside of it. Um, so I, I try to just bring the never give up type of attitude and, and that we can. I think that one thing we struggle with is that we don't believe that we can, right? And you can't do that until you start to do it. So you can't believe that you're good enough until you start winning a lot of stuff. So I try to just bring in the, I believe I can, all, I can win every single match that I go to. I believe that I can be a national champion. I believe that I can do all things because I work my butt off and, and I do everything that's asked of me. And Sierra, what's that like for you as a player? Like, you have a coach who's won it all, but she's focused on you guys as a team. And, and Coach Adams talked about how she's trying to build the program up into championship contenders. Yeah. Um, no, Ari does a great a great job with us. 
Um, she brings it every day, even when she doesn't need to. Um, <laughs> she, I mean, she has a two-month-old son, um, and she's in the gym every single day. She hasn't skipped a beat, like, and that just shows how dedicated and how, like, promised she is to this program. Um, and we love that. We, we eat it up. So, um, again, it goes back to enjoying who you play for and, and loving who you play for. And we all love and enjoy who we play for. And Sierra, staying with you for a few questions, you've had a fairly storied Marshall career so far, <laughs> over a thousand career kills. You've been named first team all conference multiple times. What has led to your individual success? Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is, this is a funny question. <laughs> um, you know, my team <laughs> i can't do anything without the people around me um i can't do anything without the people that were here before me i, I can't do anything without my coaching staff and all the players the, the the players on the bench all the kids on the court with me like um our trainers like our equipment staff our uh, director of ops like literally everybody plays such a big part in so many of like so much of our success um and I hope that that isn't overlooked but it it means so much because we're able to do what we can do because of everybody so and kind of following up on that I know it's hard to kind of sing your own praises sometimes <laughs> but how great does it feel to have your name etched in the Marshall record books but people will be talking about you long after you were here as well it's awesome hopefully I'm not done um, <laughs> um, I hate to be done um, but I have four more five more weekends left um, like a hundred percent so still trying to make goals still trying to um, to go that extra that extra length um so hopefully we can get there and do some pretty cool things <laughs> and I, I don't want to dwell on COVID a little bit COVID, but last year was your senior year mm -hmm. you could have left <laughs> in, in february <laughs> coach left because coach probably knows where i'm going with this what, what made you want to come back for a, another season again my coach my coaching staff my team everything i i don't even want to leave in december <laughs> i was like we're, we're gonna have a really big problem trying to get her out oh. yeah, the other uh the other day they were doing like equipment stuff and i was like where's mine like where's my sheet to fill out yeah no i don't want to leave it's going to be it hasn't hit me yet um as crazy as that sounds because it's coming up really soon um but i've just been doing this for so long and it kind of feels like i'm just supposed to roll over into the next season and It'll, that'll be it. We'll just keep going. <laughs> and coach, what's gonna be like for you next year? Like you're you're gonna lose like, as Christian mentioned, like she's like she passed like a Marshall Hall of Famer the other week. Like what's gonna be like? Like she's the leader in this in, in the locker room. Yeah. What's gonna be like for you all? And I know you, you talked about getting a hard time out. You know you, you brought <laughs> Jones back, so there could be a coaching opportunity there. But how, how do you try to now build from her legs? Because she's gonna she was blue. She transferred the year that you came here. Uh, year before, but year she before. she is going to leave a beautiful legacy, and she doesn't like to talk about herself, which is what makes it even more exciting to talk to her about it. Um, she's a stud. She's she's one of the best players I've ever coached, and and I hope not the best player I'll ever coach, right? Because I just want to keep getting better. No offense. I just we yeah. we got to keep we got to keep going, <laughs> yeah, right? Sure. Um, but she's really special. Volleyball is every piece of her life, and she works really hard. She, 
you have to get to know Sierra. And I think that once once you do, that's just somebody you never want to lose out of your life. So it's going to be hard. It's going to be really, really hard. But um, it's just part of it. You know, I think I'm so used to it because that's just what happens. But I also am not sad because she's going to be in my life forever. Um, as far as volleyball, I just need her to keep working her butt off so that she can then leave goals for our, you know, sophomores and juniors and freshmen for them to try to get. Um, it's what we talk about all the time that we're facing a little bit of adversity in this coming weekend and she has to step up. She usually is just a very cool, calm and collected player and, and leads by example and, and leads because she elevates really high, hits the ball really hard and um but she's she's got to step into a different role but you can ask those things of people when there's a huge trust um sierra will never leave marshall it's it's a very special place but she went through a lot where she was before and so she appreciates everything she's been given which i think is what makes you want to fight for people like that um so she's she's special and she's going to leave a beautiful legacy here and it's going to be really tough for somebody to fill in her shoes for sure and Sierra, you've talked about your love of the game and how often it's hard to even get you out of the building. Obviously, you will <laughs> keep your playing career going as long as possible. But do you see a potential career in coaching in the future for yourself? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, I'm not usually someone that like does well in, in those kind of roles. Kind of like what Ari said, I'm, I'm a pretty, and I know this about myself, I'm pretty laid back. I don't like to really make waves but um <laughs> i don't know possibly um i want to stay in the volleyball world um because i want to go to grad school and all of those things so hopefully i can still stay in touch with with that kind of um aspect there but i don't know things change and you know life keeps going so if if it's there and if it's an opportunity that i just want to jump into then maybe yes sure <laughs> And we're down to our last final questions here. We have a fun one for you guys. Uh-oh. <laughs> Do you have any special pregame rituals, anything unique? You know, some players will put a lucky quarter in their <laughs> shoe before the game. Is there anything like that that you do individually? Me? Um, I – so we do um, – we like to visualize, and I think that really helps um, because – Sorry about that. We have a little bit of a but go ahead. <laughs> um, we always talk about how, like, it's proven if you visualize something before, especially in sports, if you visualize something, um, like, night before game day or something like that, it's more likely to happen because you've already sat and visualized it. So we'll do that in the locker room, and I, I really like it. Um, I'm not sure about the rest of my team, but <laughs> I really like just sitting with my eyes closed. Um, so that's something that we do that I really enjoy. Is there anything else you do specifically, Coach? I listen to a song every time that will just keep to myself. It's really embarrassing what it is, but <laughs> it it just gets me to like a whole different level. Um, I try to just calm out. I, I think that even as coaches, um, my job is to do everything they do, and we always tell them whatever you want on game day, you can have, right? And so I try to just make sure that I'm calm and and good with them and and now having my son Aiden like it's really important to me to have a moment with him before um and then just go go down and and just continue to to keep moving all righty guys we're down to our final question I'll start with Sierra what is your goal for the remainder of the season it could be a personal one and a team one if you would like um I want to win games that is a goal um I as of right now um don't have very many individual expectations because I just want us to do well 
Um, I want us to finish out this season on a happy note. I want us to feel good. Um, I want us to just feel like we got something out of all of this, um, especially for the four of us that are leaving. Um, I just want I want us to I want this to be something that we can look back on and be like, I really enjoyed that. And um, so, yeah, that's a that's a goal. <laughs> Coach. Um, you know, I, I want to make the conference tournament. Um, I want to make it to the second round. Every year we've made it, we've gotten bumped out the first round. So I think those are um, physical goals. But I think exactly like Sierra said, I understand how frustrating it is as a player to know that the talent's there and to not be having to not have that on your record. Um, so I my goal for them is that they all look back and say that that was the best year of their lives. That one right there. No matter because anybody else looking could say it was a bad year. It was a down year. And I, I even right now being in it, I don't feel that way. So I hope that when we leave, no matter what our record is, that they all get to look at it and be like, I had the best time of my life and I worked so hard to get it. Well, thank you so much to each of you for joining us this evening. Uh, thanks once again to head coach Ari Agnes and senior Sierra DeBell. That'll do it for the first half of Sports View. Next up, we will have the baseball team. Ryan Cirk will be your host. And in between commercial breaks, we will have a package from Justin Zimmer. Thanks for listening to the award-winning Sports View. Tune in again next week at 7 p.m. for more Sports View on the worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage, WMUL 88.1. The student broadcast voice of Marshall University, WMUL-FM, Huntington. The worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage. Welcome back inside the Xfinity Center here in College Park, Maryland. Happy to have you with us on this Black Friday. Welcome back inside Little John Coliseum. 4.48 to go in the first quarter. Welcome back to Johnny Red Floyd Stadium. Welcome inside the Kohl Center, everyone. The Cutting Edge Sports Radio Network. Abigail Herring has had a successful collegiate career so far. Up to this point, the junior runner from Parkersburg, West Virginia, has participated in races since her freshman year. In every season, she has been the top finisher in at least two races. However, so far in the 2021 season, she's finished as the top finisher in the Virginia Tech Invitational and at the University of Virginia Panorama Farms Invitational. This past weekend, Herring won her first collegiate cross-country meet at the Livin' Lou Classic. In her first collegiate win, she won the race wire to wire. Herring described how she maintained her composure during the race. I typically take races out pretty fast and then kind of just like try and hold on but there was people like in the crowd like you know telling me where one was at so I knew that there was like people still around me so I just went. Cross-country coach Kayla Bowen spoke on how watching Herring win is one of the greatest joys as a coach considering Herring's journey at Marshall and how her win can inspire other members on the team. It's been amazing to watch her progression. When we brought her in, she was a walk-on. She was a 524 miler in, out of high school, and that's pretty quick, but I mean, we've recruited a lot faster milers than that. So just watching her progress throughout each year and just getting a little bit better, a little bit better, and it's been amazing. It's been a blessing as a coach to see that. And I think it's instilled a certain amount of culture with the team that if you work hard, you will progress and get better because everybody can see that, you know, from the best athletes on the team to 
the worst athletes on the team. You know, everybody sees, you know, the, the hard work pay off, and I think that's the main thing. Winning the race on Saturday, Herring is proud of what she's accomplished throughout her time at Marshall, and she's glad to see the work finally pay off. It was good. I mean, coming out of high school, obviously, like, I didn't run nearly as much as I should have. So going into college, it was, like, a big transition. My freshman year, I started out kind of, like, mid-group here, and then I worked my way up. But, yeah, it was nice to finally have it pay off. For Abigail Herring, she hopes to continue her success in the 2021 season next week at the Vert Cross Invitational, hosted by High Point University in Curtisville, North Carolina. For FM88 Sports, I'm Justin Zimmer. Marshall sports journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers. It's time for you to get in the game. Critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communication careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu sojmc. Does showing up for work at a ballpark or an arena sound good to you? A Marshall University sports journalism degree can get you there. Sports journalism in Marshall is important. It's serious and it's big business. Sports media and communications careers are some of the most competitive and marketable worldwide in a multi-billion dollar industry. We'll prepare you to think critically, report accurately, and artfully tell the stories on and off the field or court. If this sounds like you, the Marshall School of Journalism is ready and eager to start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu sojmc. This is Sports View, WMUL's premier sports talk show featuring guests from Thundering Herd Athletics. Sports View is presented by the award-winning FM 88 Sports Team. Now, here's tonight's host of Sports View. Hello and welcome back to Sports View. I'm your host, Ryan Sirk. Joined alongside me is Ryan Leach, Chad Hayner, and Patrick Copen from the Marshall baseball team. Guys, how are you guys doing today? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm also doing very well. I'm doing well as well, and we'll get started. So what is the baseball team doing to prepare for the spring season? Well, I know we all like worked really hard over the summer to get prepared. The a lot of the position players played summer ball, and a lot of pitchers went out to this uh, performance place in Missouri to work hard and prepare ourselves for the fall. And now we've just been lifting and throwing and getting a lot of at-bats to help us prepare. Yeah, just to elaborate on that, I mean, I played summer ball with the Make and Bacon. Shout out to those guys. They did a really good job uh, preparing me for fall ball here at Marshall. And right now, our hitters, I mean, we're hitting off the machine. We're doing everything that we can to get better. Uh, prepare us for the spring season and then on weekends we hit against the pitchers and I mean I'd like to say we're doing pretty well right now I can speak for the pitchers but our hitters are doing well and I think we've got a good team this year. Um, I think this fall has we are you know going really hard in all the practices and all the inner squads you know we kind of have a chip on our shoulder from last year you know there's a lot of competition in the inner squads on the weekends and Everyone in practice works hard every day, and you know everyone's just wanting to get better every single day. And you mentioned that you guys all played summer ball, and now it's fall ball. How does summer ball and fall ball? What's the difference between those two seasons compared to spring ball? Well, the pitchers didn't actually like some of the pitchers did, but a lot of the pitchers we just trained all summer, worked out together, trying to prepare and help us like 
physically and mentally to prepare. So we didn't actually like go against a lot of uh, batters and whatnot. But like Leach, he went to Macon, as he said, and I'll let you talk. Yeah, um, I'd say the biggest difference is I don't have to worry about like keeping grades up because I'm not doing any kind of school work. So, I mean, a typical day would be we'd wake up, I'd go to the gym, and then head straight to the field for early work, and then games at seven, and we we'd play probably five games every every week and I mean that's what you need to do if you want to grind you need to get out there and get better so it kind of helped me and I feel better a lot or I feel a lot better about myself and I had some good ABs out there and I'm really excited for the season. So would you say that summer ball is more similar to fall ball or spring ball which one is Um, most similar to? Probably spring ball it's kind of like an extension of the season it's just because our season ended like May 16th and I headed to Macon like May 30th. So I didn't have a lot of time to settle or not settle down, but I didn't have that much of a break. And then I just went straight to Macon and then I was there until beginning of August and hung out at home for a little bit. And then I headed back here. So I kind of had a busy year this year, but I mean, I enjoyed it. And moving on, what made you guys choose Marshall? I know there's a, a lot of colleges out there. So what was the the decision maker that made you want to come to Marshall? Um, well, I'm, at, I'm from Huntington, so, like, coming to Marshall has always kind of been a dream. Like, to be able to play at the school that my grandparents went to, my parents went to, my brothers have gone to, and wear Marshall's colors for myself is, is just a really cool experience and a really good feeling. Yeah, um... For me, it's a little different just because I'm from Canada, so the recruiting out there is a little different. I came down, played a tournament, I think, in Cincinnati, and Coach Wags was there, and he watched me play, and we kind of kept talking back and forth. And out of the few schools I talked to, Marshall was the one that showed me the most love. And, you know, like, I liked it here. Just I came on a visit, and I knew guys previously, like Ryan Capuano, and um, they showed me the most love. And... I mean, my family's from West Virginia. I know I said I was born in Canada, but my mom's from West Virginia, so I'm kind of all over the map. I mean, it's kind of coming back home in a way, and I know that Marshall's really good, and we got a chance to compete, and they got a chance to compete every year, so I just wanted to win a championship. Uh, for me personally, Marshall or Huntington is almost a home away from home because I'm from 15 minutes outside of Parkersburg, West Virginia, so it's about an hour, 45-minute drive for me. Um, but in the, in the recruiting process, Marshall was the first college to, you know, show interest in me. And Coach Renner kept on giving me, you know, heavy interest. We born, we formed that relationship that you know I was kind of looking for when I was looking for a college. And I just, when the time felt right, I just made it, made a decision. And Chad, you mentioned that you're from Huntington and you've always wanted to come to Marshall. So what's it like now that you're finally here and you're you're playing baseball pretty much where you grew up? I mean, it's kind of surreal because like I, I never really like went to baseball games as much, but like I always watch football games, basketball games. But to like look down on my chest and see Marshall there, it's just I mean that's really cool. And I mean to be able to play college like after high school, like to play baseball after high school also is just a great experience. And for it to be Marshall is just awesome. And for each of you, this is a question each of you can answer. What is something that, a skill of yours that you think is the best of your game and then something that you would like to improve? Um, I think 
my best skill personally is probably just like my mentality on the field like I'm able to stay mentally strong the entire time and like execute pitches and whatnot I don't have enough to like blow someone away but I'll make good pitches when I need to and I'll keep a batter off like I'll keep a batter uh adjusting I guess yeah um my best or my best skill is probably my work ethic just because as a kid I was never really the most skilled guy but uh, my dad helped me out, and we'd always train together, and he kind of made me the player I am today. And then one thing I need to work on is probably my speed, but being a catcher, I mean, it's not a, it's not a speed-demanding uh, position, which is good for me, but, I mean, I can always work on it. I also have to agree with Ryan and Chad. My biggest strength would probably be my mental toughness or my mentality just because of – you know, growing up playing baseball, you know, always being like one of the top guys and then coming here and, you know, coming in as a freshman kind of at the bottom of the pack made me work way harder than I ever thought I could. And now it's become one of my biggest strengths. But uh, something I could probably work on is um, executing my pitches a little bit better and um, working on my slider that I'm developing. <laughs> you all mentioned mental attributes. So what is so important about having a routine I, I see a lot of professional baseball players do the same routine over and over so why is that so important it just uh like you want to have that same feeling that you're normal to like it's normal for you so like in practices I try to do the same stretches the same like band workouts same everything going into throwing so whenever I'm going out onto like a game it's like it's routine it's the same thing so like I'm ready physically mentally like I was in practice so it just it makes it easier for me going into a game whenever I do the same thing yeah I feel like a lot of baseball players in general are just really superstitious uh, and I'm like at the top because if if I go like three for three one game and I put my left sock on first like I'm going to put my left sock on the next day or my left sock on first the next day it doesn't matter like what I think it's just my routine doesn't really change a whole lot but just those small things and like Chad said it I do the same thing when I get to the field every day whether it's practice or whether it's a game like I have my band routine I have my stretches that I do because being a catcher it's pretty physically demanding so if I'm not in the best shape that I can be it's going to take a toll on my body so I just need to be stretched out and go from there yeah, like Ryan said, it's a bit of superstition for me and obviously for a lot of other guys. But, you know, going through you know, baseball, especially pitching, you have to find that routine that makes you feel good when you go into the game to, you know, throw against batters. And when you find that, you you got to stick with it because, you know, who knows when you could find another routine that makes you feel as good as that one does. And do you guys model yourselves after after professional baseball players if there's anyone that you model your game after i do just because i'm not like a tall pitcher and like as far as pitchers go in the mlb there's a lot of guys that are six foot or up and like i'm like five eleven so like sunny gray for the reds is five ten five eleven and he's about my height about my weight so i try to like look and see i watch a bunch of highlights on him just seeing like what he does on and games, how he mixes the pitches up and stuff. I just try to kind of frame myself after him. Um, I wouldn't say I model myself after a specific player, but I do 
watch like a lot of catchers in the MLB, like whether it's on Twitter or if I just happen to catch a game on TV, like I'm always watching what catchers do and kind of implement that into my game. And I feel like that kind of helps me get better. And I feel like, especially when I was younger, like that's the best way for somebody to get better if they're looking for anything to improve their game. For me, if I were to say I idolize someone, it would be either Jacob DeGrom or Tyler Glass now. They're both tall, lanky pitchers who throw right-handed just like me. And, you know, obviously Jacob DeGrom's one of the best pitchers in MLB. So, you know, who better to idolize than him, especially when we have the basically the same frame. And, Ryan, there's a lot of pitchers on the team. How difficult is it to catch for different pitchers, different pitch styles? They all have different arsenals of pitches. So how difficult is it to remember who pitches what? I feel like at first, like when I was a freshman, it was really hard because we have guys like Raymond Pacella who throw sidearm left-handed. And, I mean, catching that for the first three times, it was almost impossible. And then we have somebody like Patrick who throws almost over the top right-handed. So we have a lot of – different pitchers and I mean that's good for us because it challenges the other team and it challenges me as well because if I can handle all these different pitchers I know like I'm constantly getting better and it helps me out with that we'll take a quick break at during sports view and when we come back we will have more questions for the Marshall baseball team Hey man, you dropped something. That's okay, it's just trash anyway. Actually, it's not okay, it's littering. You should pick it up and throw it away. It would be even better to recycle it. What are some other ways I can help out on campus? Try picking up litter around campus, recycling soda cans, plastic bottles, and paper at the designated bins around campus, taking shorter showers to save water, or walk, ride a bike, or even carpool to cut back on air pollution. Thanks man, I appreciate it. Think green and be Marshall Green. Brought to you by your friends at the eco-friendly WMUL 88.1 FM. Here are three reasons why you should check out WMUL's website. With our Windows Media Server, our station can be heard around the world. You can listen to audio archives of sporting events and other original shows. With our online schedule, you never have to guess when your favorite show or music format airs again. www.marshall.edu slash WMUL. Your place in cyberspace. So there's this guy in your office and he just finished rehab and you don't know how to act around him. Okay, here's a few tips. Don't call him a loser. Do call him Larry, unless his name is John, then call him John. Don't remove the glue from the company envelopes, he's not going to snip them. Do expect him to meet all his deadlines, and don't be surprised when he does, and oh, hey, don't make fun of his addiction. You can, however, make fun of his 80s haircut. For more tips on how to support a recovering user, or if you'd like to become one, call 1-800-662-HELP. Welcome back to Sports View. I'm your host, Ryan Sirk, and we will just jump right back into it. Excuse me. So how much pride do each of you take in 1v1 battles? I know baseball isn't really considered a 1v1 sport, but when I watch it, it's a lot of mind games between the pitcher and the batter. And then for you, Ryan, as a catcher, runners on the base pads, it's a lot of, a lot of movement, a lot of traffic sometimes. I mean, every time that I'm up, like, on the mound and I see a new batter, 
come in there. Like, I want to get him out. Like, I do not want to let him win. And it's like, I kind of like to think of it as like a 2v1 because, like, it's you and the catcher kind of against the batter. I mean, yeah, you, you have your team behind you, but, like, you don't even think about that because you trust them. Like, you got to believe in the in your mind that, you like, they're going to make the play behind you. So you just got to, like, worry about throwing strikes. But, I mean, every time I'm up there, I just want to make sure I throw the right pitch to get him out. I always want to win the battle. Yeah, just going off what Chad said, I mean, my freshman year, I feel like I, I wasn't scared, but I was a little more timid just because I was like, what if they throw this ball in the dirt and I don't block it, it's going to get by me or, and coach is going to get mad or whatever. But, I mean, like this year, I got a lot more confident in myself and I was like, I want them to throw it in the dirt. I, like, I want to block this. I want to show people, like, how good I can be or if somebody gets on base like I want to throw them out like that stuff gets me going like it it gets the blood flowing in my veins like I I live for that stuff uh, in inner squads all of the pitchers kind of have that one or two guys that they really want to get out whether it's their friends or you know just a, a better hitter on the team that you know maybe has gotten a few base hits off from the past or something we all have that one or two battles where you know it gets a bit personal obviously nothing hostile but you know it gets a bit personal a little little talk here and there but uh, overall it's all in good fun and it gets everyone better am i one of those guys yes <laughs> another question for you chad and patrick is when you are behind in the count which kind of feels like you're losing the battle at, at some points how do you get yourself mentally back into it and say like yes i still have a chance at, at getting this guy out i mean that's when it comes to like your mental your mentality so uh like hitting is the hardest thing in my opinion to do in all of sports i mean you're facing someone throwing 90 plus and it's a little ball and you're hitting it with the round bat i mean that is so hard so when you think about it like as a pitcher you fall behind you just want to throw a good pitch and he still has to put a bat on it and make it like put it into play and you have nine or eight guys behind you so i mean you have to believe that they're gonna make a play and you gotta realize that like it's so hard for them to get a hit even if like you throw a bad pitch i agree absolutely on what chad just said it's a lot of mental relaxation because a lot of times if a pitcher gets gets behind in the count you know they get a little panic a little anxiety like oh no I need to get this guy out I need to get ahead and then that's when a bad pitch gets made or the pitch you don't want to throw in the in the wrong spot but for me personally it if I already get behind in the count it's it's something that really helps for me is you know breathing and positive self-talk you know step off the mound take a deep breath or two and then get back on the mound and be like all right, I'm going to throw this pitch in this spot, and I'm going to get this guy out. And I've never played baseball, so can you guys talk me through what happens on a mound visit? I've always been curious about what is said. I mean, it just kind of depends on the situation that you're in. Like, it, it could be maybe you look tired, and your catcher just wants to come out, give you a break, or maybe you're not doing something you're supposed to, and your coach needs to come out, and you all need to fix something. So it really just depends on like what's going on in the game and what's something that really needs to be fixed yeah just to go on that i mean when i make mound visits it's usually if i notice like if they walk two guys in a row and they look tired like i'll go out and i'll talk to them or if i notice that they're missing in the same spot every time like with a certain pitch like i'll tell them and then if it continues to happen then 
I mean, being the catcher, it's kind of like the quarterback of the offense. I got to go out there and I have to tell them so they can get better, so they can get the out, and then so then our offense can come back out in the next half of the inning. Yeah, the pitcher and the catcher is one of the most important bonds and communication throughout the game and baseball. And, you know, Leach does a great job of communicating and being positive with the pitchers if they were to be struggling with a pitch or with a spot or giving up a few hits or walking a few guys. And you know, he does a great job of calming us down or, you know, getting our heads right to be able to execute the next pitch and get the next guy out. And Ryan, you were selected for the MLB draft earlier in your career. So how, what was the decision process to not go with that and, and to come to Marshall? Um, it was a pretty hard decision. Uh, me and my dad had to talk it over a lot. It just came down to like what I felt and I felt that if I can't come to school and get drafted again, then I would have been out of the minor leagues fast anyway, so I might as well come here, get my education, and then prove that I'm good to get drafted again. Because you can still improve your, your draft stock, right? You can get right. drafted again? Yeah. That makes sense. And s- switching gears now, what is your guys' favorite moment so far at Marshall? There's probably a lot of them. So yeah, it's there's tough a to lot of them. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to think. I mean, me personally, it was probably whenever I got, like, it's kind of selfish, but when I got my first win, like, that was just kind of, that was a really cool, like, experience. I mean, like, to get my first win at Marshall, like, that was just really, really exciting for me. And, I mean, just, I really like the traveling and stuff, like, going to see different campuses and playing against, like, teams that I grew up, like, like watching and stuff that was really cool also so like just all that stuff yeah i'd probably say my first home run um my first and only home run my freshman year because i didn't hit very well but i felt like after i hit that home run and then the season got canceled they kind of uh waken me or woke me up a little bit i needed or i realized that i needed to get better and and then i came out my sophomore year and i did i felt extremely well and then like Chad said, like just bus rides with the team, like they're so underrated. They're so fun. Um, like playing mafia on the bus, like with the team, like that stuff's so fun. Yeah, I'd have to agree with Chad and Leach. Um, my favorite moment from a baseball's perspective would probably be our come from behind win against Law Tech. You know, that was the most positive and collective team win that I've ever been a a part of it was so energizing and everyone was up everyone was going insane and you know they were a ranked team at that time and you know we just out of nowhere just came and you know got hit after hit got out after out and just put it all together but like Leach and Chad said the bus rides the you know hanging out goofing off before practice talking after practice you know and then just like hanging out outside of a baseball setting you know these are you know your brothers for four or five years and it's just great to be around them all the time and you know just hang out and how excited are you guys to have a a normal season now in the spring i don't want to jinx it but so far so good and you guys should have a normal normal season covid restrictions have been lifted pretty much so it should be full capacity hopefully so how excited are you guys i'm very excited because uh last year is kind of like you just never knew what was going to happen. So we had our first couple uh, series. We were, doing, we were doing pretty good. We started doing better. And then we got a couple guys that had to 
get called out because either uh, contact tracing or like there's a positive test so like like that changed everything like leach got sent pat got sent away and like those are two guys right off the bat that have a huge impact into our uh like our season and our games so like now that that's going to be out of the picture i think that we're going to come back stronger this year like we haven't that we don't have to worry about that at all so that's just outside and you know how like baseball is such a mental game like we don't have that to worry about now so now we can just focus on the game focus on school and that's it yeah i mean i think it's going to be better just because last year we didn't get to play a lot of weekend or midweek games we only played wvu and i think we only played them three times and that was our only midweek game so this year i feel like we're gonna have a lot more midweek games against a lot better opponents and it's going to show how good we are. Uh, I'm also very excited. Last year was my first year here, so I've never experienced, a, like both of these guys, I've never experienced a f full true college season, so I'm extremely excited. And um, I feel like it might be a bit more challenging last season, but you know, through the work I put in this summer and then continue to put in this fall, I feel like me and the team will be ready for it and ready to show what we have. And to end this edition of, of Sports View, I wanted to ask the pitchers, what is your, your go-to strikeout pitch, if you don't mind telling us? Mine's probably definitely my changeup because yeah, I primarily work my fastball and my changeup together because they kind of look like they look the same. So I'm able to throw that for like a strike a lot. So when I throw a fastball that's high maybe and I throw my changeup off of that and it just drops down like right in the strike zone, I can get a lot of hitters with that because they maybe aren't thinking that that's coming or unless they know like what I do as a pitcher. But like so I like can fall ball, a lot of the hitters know like what my go-to pitches are. But when season comes around, they, they have some like they know some stuff that's gonna like happen like with their pitchers and stuff but it's still that's my go-to or if they're listening to us right now yeah or they're or if they're listening to us right now <laughs> uh, my favorite strikeout pitch is probably high fastball yeah, most of the time pitchers are you know when they throw their fastball it's low at the knees below the knees and then you know changing the hitter's eye level up at their chest or at their chin is uh you know it's very hard for a hitter to be able to reach that pitch and a lot of times if they're just swing, it's, they just aren't able to make contact. And I think it's really effective for me and a lot of the other pitchers. And that will do it for Sports View. Thank you all for joining me. And I hope you guys had a, as good of a time as I did. Yeah, Thanks thank you for having us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the award-winning Sports View. Tune in again next week at 7 p.m. for more Sports View on the worldwide leader in Marshall University sports coverage, WMUL 88.1. You okay? Yeah, I'm just allergic to all these irritating radio stations. If